This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toad on Games. What does that name mean? It, it, it means there's toads and sometimes vi- vi- video games. Okay, that's 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 it. Look, it was a terrible name for a podcast. No one should question it. Um, <laughs> uh, with me today, I have uh, Alison James. Say hello. 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 There we go. I, I said say hello. She said hello. That's that's that's. There we go. I don't know why I do that. I do that in almost every episode, and then I'm like, why did I ask them to? It's the most awkward thing to ask someone to do. Just just randomly say hello. Um, <laughs> um, but you're perhaps better known as, as Now Games Online. Do you want to perhaps tell people uh, br- briefly who you are and, and, and what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm a fairly long-term and fairly niche independent game developer and font creator recently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, just before we start recording, I was saying uh, that I've known... Uh, uh, is, your, your shorthand name is Ali, right? Yeah. Or Alison's yeah, name. Cool. Um, I, I've I've known uh, Ali for years, like years and years, years before before I was in the games industry, even um, through Twitter and uh, through Game Jolt, um, because right before, way before even the big indie boom that has happened, um, I was like involved in the very small freeware indie scene. Uh, not that I've made a game, um, but on like Game Jolt and Tig Source and all that lovely stuff. Um, which is still like uh, all those communities are still really dear to my heart, and um, and that's where I still live, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's where you still live, yeah. But it was um yeah, it, 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 it's it's great because I kind of to a lot of people when they sort of name the games they grew up on and, and the games that meant a lot to them in their teen years, they'll name obvious like AAA games, and I have some of those too. But for me, it's stuff like some of your games, like Innocuous Remaddening, The Touches Pass, oh, uh, Dina Pogo. I'm your own me. Um, I'm sure there's some others. <laughs> like those games are like th- those games were important to me too because I was those were my teen years really. You know when I started particularly getting into game genre and stuff. So several of them were mine too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean there are a lot of um, there are a lot of games on Game Jolt and and, and and itch.io and around the indie scene. Some of which have sadly disappeared that are really important to me as like moments in my gaming history. And then some of your games are certainly certainly that as well. Um, which is which is awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, how long have you been making games for now? Uh, I've been making games for about seventeen and a half years. I started in March two thousand and three with Game Maker Five. <laughs> ah, cl- a classic. <laughs> and, and I've grown up so much, and I still use Game Maker. <laughs> <laughs> There's something so lovely about Game Maker games, though. They're, they're so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I there there are some like big major games that are made in Game Maker, but. Um, yeah, I, I still I mean, love yeah, it's been, it's been huge. Things like Undertale, things like Undertale, Hotline Miami, uh, the yeah. original Spelunky. There's a big list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's still, and and for for people that are trying to get into like gaming development and stuff like that, that tool is just brilliant. Like the numbers of the hundreds and hundreds of developers um, that started on this kind of scene making uh, game makers is is, is is honestly countless like there are so many people i love seeing people from that original scene like from that game job community from the tig source community i love seeing those people now making games like Wandersong and making games like barbara's you like these games that everyone is aware of and that's i feel almost special I'm like oh 
I played them before they were cool and and <laughs> and, and and I like that <laughs> but it's yeah, I mean, um Greg Lobanov's a really good example of that because he is you know one of those people that you got to see the entire kind of career of him go from you know small time creator to now making really high end indie games yeah 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 and when when I think of Greg like I think of Assassin Blue <laughs> that's, that's like the game I think <laughs> of first um which, and, I mean, for most people listening to this, probably don't know what that is, but it was like a small, like, side-scrolling action game. Um, I say small, it was really but, good. like, at the... Yeah, it's it's really it's a really fun game. Like, you should, you should go and check it out and play it um, from the developer of Wondersong. And back then, that game was, like, huge. Like, on, on, on the... It's funny, really, because huge in terms of, of that old community and on, on game show and, and freeway games. Huge is, like, 10,000 downloads, maybe. Like, if you get 10... That's, like, massive. That's absolutely stunkingly huge. Um... And Assassin Blue was one of those. Like that's one of the, everyone in that scene was aware of that. Everyone in the scene was aware of like Cave Story, and there's like a couple of times that everyone knew of um, Assassin Blue was one of them. And yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's still it's still a community that means I haven't really been involved in the game job community um, for the past few years, sadly. But I still go through. Um, Every week, I still go through the whole, all of the newest releases on Game Jolt. I'll look through them. All of the newest releases on itch.io, I go through them. I have, um, sadly, uh, I have uh, over 30,000 uh, downloaded indie games in my two test folder on my laptop, Goodness which is me. my, <laughs> where I will download games that look really interesting and pop them in there to try out and keep. Uh, and you know it's it's like a hydra like i'm never gonna get through them <laughs> because i just and that's it's like 15 years worth of games some of them and i'll regularly go through and try them and keep the ones i like and and stuff and i have a separate folder for that <laughs> but just yeah that that, that folder is, is yeah yeah but that's but i've always found the scene so interesting and it still is um it still is even though the big indie boom happened um because some of the most unique ideas come from these communities like you can Absolutely. still even today you can go on game Jolt, you can go on itch.io you can look at some of the latest or uh, highest rated games of the last month or whatever and some of the most unique experiences you can have with video games are on these platforms um it's just it, it it's still it's still so special and important and i suppose it's even bigger now because Again, the, the indie boom happened and indie games are now commercialized, which is wonderful that people are able to make money for them now. And um, you've got, uh, obviously, YouTubers are, are, are giving them a lot more um, attention. So uh, a huge thing, of course, is the Game Maker's Toolkit, um, where he has his jams on, on, on itch.io uh, once a year. And it has like 10,000 entries or something absolutely ridiculous. Um, so... It's yeah. someone like me that goes through every, or tries to go through every <laughs> indie game release and download <laughs> the ones that look good. That is mad. Like I still have tabs open of the of the last game maker toolkit, trying to go through all of them and look at the ones that are good and download them. Um, <laughs> Ludum yeah, Dare is also a pretty good um, indicator as to how big indie games got recently. Because I mean, ten years ago that was getting a couple of hundred games every time. Now it's getting several thousand every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And also, when I was a teen, by the way, I pronounced that Ludum Dare, which I'm sure a lot of people did. Oh, um, I, I don't know. Only... <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 was always a big one. And um, yeah, it's just it's so interesting that there were so many great experiences. Um, and you know, when I became a journalist, I tried so hard to give attention to to a lot of those smaller games, um, which is, you know, of of course the the 
those things don't get as many clicks as like the big AAA stuff. But it's really great to shine a spotlight on that and, and see like, like, if, if a small freeware game is covered in the mirror, for example, and being able to show that to a developer, that's really great. Like that, that, that makes me feel good. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a really interesting scene still. Um, you're still you you you're still uploading games on Game Jolt currently. I do every now and then, although most of my games are now on itch. Um, right. Yeah. Because it's just slightly quicker, and it also has a, a support for a couple of other things. Like uh, you can um, embed HTML5 games, which Game Maker can now do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that I feel that that's the sort of natural move over that people had. Like a lot of people are using itch now. I remember when Game Jolt launched, um, and that was like a big thing because before that, people were kind of just using Tig Source and using the Daily Click and then and websites like that. Um, I feel like that was well, and Yo Yo Games, I suppose, and stuff like that. Yeah. But in in my mind, like that was the first major like portal of games. Um, I, th- I think the Game Maker scene were the first people to kind of take it. To sort of take over yeah, Game yeah. almost, you know, when it initially started. Oh, hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. And now it's very not there's anything wrong with this, but it seems very fan game focused. Like there's a lot of fan games, and and it does seem like it's the place, and which is great. There's a, there is a place for this in the world. It seems like it's a site where a lot of very early, very first um, game sort of developers will put their games, which is which is wonderful. There's a place for that sort of stuff. I um, think that's what kind of caused its resurgence, which in a way makes it a very good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that Scott Cawthon, um, the developer of Five Nights at Freddy's, supports that that uh, game job hugely. Like, he's always directing people over to it. Um, um, some some really recent news, which are you know you have to applaud, is that Scott was saying how he's going to start funding Five Nights at Freddy's fan games, actually fund them, and he's going to. That was um, a really good thing to say. <laughs> amazing, amazing, and he's going to start licensing them out for merchandise. He's going to start helping put them on consoles. And that's uh, a lot of that is happening through Game Jolt, um, which is just just an amazing. He seems like a great, but I don't know him, but he seems like a great person. Um, that's just really uh, incredible stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, 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 for, for those listening that aren't in these communities, please don't do go check out Game Jolt. Please do go check out Itch.io. I say it a lot, but some of the most unique experiences you can ever play on these kind of platforms, um, and a lot of them are f- completely and totally actually free. Um, yeah, you should you should go play them. Um, but for your game specifically, um, as I was saying, like the Touches Pass, uh, Remaddening, Binoculus, like those games are uh, uh, are great, and 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 I grew up with them, and I I could still happily sit and play them now. Um, <laughs> I I do still support a couple of those, like Natushi Par. I've I've released five last year. <laughs> the fifth one. Um, yeah, just as a sort of small thing to kind of because I it had been nine years since I made the fourth one, so I just wow. Yeah. <laughs> I actually oh released, I released Nutrition Part 5 on the ninth anniversary of the fourth game. Wow. My goodness, <laughs> I can't believe it's that long ago. That's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. And even, and even some of your games like um, uh, One Girl, Two Cups, <laughs> which is like a, a, a Pac-Man-esque <laughs> game. I think I, 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 I think I must have recorded the theme tune for that one so the music that plays in the background and put it on my game music list because it would come up every now and then i'm like oh yeah i in retrospect i regret calling it that because it doesn't do the game any service i've got a long-standing tradition of naming games really badly though so you know i can't really blame it that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually yeah it's called one girl two cups but it is um like 
that it's actually a really cool little little um, twist on Pac-Man. Like people should go check it out. It's actually a fun little game. Um, but yeah, like uh, as I say, like for years, like I've been playing your games and and, and some some really awesome stuff. Uh, genuinely, really awesome stuff. And I haven't played uh, some of your latest games, but you did. Uh, you're you're still doing through it stuff. Like you did Death on Two Legs, um, Super Moves Two, fairly recently. Yeah, uh, both of those were entries into a smaller game maker jam uh, called GM Forty Eight. Ah. ah, okay, cool. I kind of find um, that those those definitely kind of drive my um, smaller kind of creative moods and things. That's the great thing about jams, really, is that like it really it just, especially if they're themed or whatever, like it just brings out some really creative uh, ideas out of people. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And um, I suppose we should mention you are one half of uh, Checkered Ink. Um, yes. And and perhaps now is the time to bring up that um, you uh, developed f- fairly recently this year. Time is time has gone crazy. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. Um, we developed Pong Quest. Yeah, uh, it was developed over nine months between sort of July-ish last year and then March this year. Yeah, that and um, published by Atari. <laughs> yeah, it was mad because I didn't know that game was happening. Yeah, we had to keep it under wraps until about March, but it was kind of in development for about sort of eight or nine months prior to that. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, it it, it kind of popped up and I I shared the news. I was like, oh, it's really interesting, like a new Pong game. And I love it when when old IP um, or even current IP have like a a renovation and a really new twist and stuff. I love love stuff like that. Um, And it came out, it was really interesting. I reported on it. And then I saw it was Checkered Ink and I was like, wait, that's... That's Allison. Yeah. And it was it was mind blowing to me. Like it was it was so strange. I was because I had no idea that was happening. I was just like, what is happening right now? And all yeah. of the kind of stuff like I know the developer of that one. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> um but yeah, that that was that was that was such great news. Like it's 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 by the way, for people that don't know it, it's obviously based on the old um Pong IP. But it's yeah. like this really modernized like uh like uh would you say it's an like an RPG? It was originally sort of designed to be a roguelike, but the more we developed it, the more we kind of figured that it would probably more appeal more to people that weren't into that kind of hardcore permadeath kind of game. So it, mm. it did shift more into the RPG sector. Yeah, and I love that there's so many different costumes and stuff in it, and uh, it just looks it it looks like how you would expect like a modern take on Pong to look, um, which is great. Like it's it's so modernized it, and and you know I love their beaming smiley faces. Um, they have a lot of personality. Like, who knew that you could give the pong paddle such a such huge amount of personality? Genuinely, um, and that that's really fun to see. Those little faces I actually put into the design document, and with the intention of maybe getting a proper artist to do something that actually looked visually appealing, in my opinion at the time. And it was fairly universally agreed very quickly mm-hmm. that actually no, we should just make them look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that they look like that. Like they're really expressive and like simple. And if people wanted to draw them, it'd be easy to draw it. And yeah, it's just it's just so, it's it's just fun. Like it just looks so fun. Um, to and 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 that's great. Like it's. It's yeah, it just looks like a really fun game, and I like seeing that kind of uh, modern re- renovation of, of of old IP. Um, again, for anyone that hasn't seen that, please go check out Pongquest. Um, please support Pongquest. It's really awesome to see stuff like that happen, and uh, obviously, Thank the you. more success those kind of games get, the more we'll see in the future. Um, how on earth did that come about? Did you pitch that to 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 Atari? Um. They were sort of looking for smaller games, so they um, 
they were sort of they noticed that we'd release things on Switch, so they knew we had the capability of finishing games, and I think that's mm-hmm. basically the core thing they wanted. And they knew that all of our things were based on kind of like weird ideas as well. <laughs> so they essentially gave us like here's here's all the OPs we've got. Give us some ideas. <laughs> and, and after a while, you know, sort of we iterated on and eventually came up with this idea of, you know, a quest based Pong game. And we, we kind of got free reign over it to an extent. Um, it was it was a really nice development um, cycle. That's really good. That's really good to hear. I mean, in my experience working with Atari um, when I was at Numskull, but that was on a licensing side. Um, not that I had anything to do with like approvals of the actual items and stuff, but in my experience, just in the PR realm, they're really good to work with. Like, they're really easy to work with. They're, they're naturally not that um, ridiculously strict and controlling of, of, of uh, their property and, and from, from what I've seen. Like, they're really good people to work with. That was absolutely the feeling I got as well. Um, I, yeah. it, it, it felt like they, they wanted to see people do fun things with what they own. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, a, a, lot of the, a lot of the people that listen to this are like our small indie developers and stuff. So please um, contact Atari, like just pitch them some cool ideas because I would like to see this some more. I would like to see more cool Atari um, renovations. And it sounds like they're up for that, um, which is which is really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's I, I, I need to play more of this game. I like briefly played it and then reviews <laughs> happened. Um, I need to play more of this lovely, fun little game. <laughs> Don't look too much at the reviews, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the user reviews have been really nice, so I'm, I'm glad about that. That's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 fun to just see. Um, it's fun to see how Pong, which is so obviously difficult to modernize, unless you're just going to add like random modes and stuff to the original Pong. It's so fun to just see that really taken out. Um, and, and, and changed, and I would like to see more more games like yeah. that. It, it sure. did kind of play a lot as well on my... Um, I've always loved the idea of a dungeon crawler that does something interesting with its um, with with its battle mechanics or whatever. And going back to Greg Lobanov mm. again, it's his game Coy Crypt was one of the kind of catalysts almost for this. Because Coy Crypt is this game right. which is kind of randomly generated little levels, but... It's all about like sort of flipping coins and collecting coins and things, and that that's just one of those ideas that I really like because I'm not such a fan of traditional RPG elements like a, just standard attack or even turn-based stuff. But mm-hmm. putting something that I like in that kind of wrapper always appeals to me. <laughs> things like Dicey Dungeons as well does it really well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that as well because I'm not I I'm not usually the well. I play some RPGs, but I'm not usually the biggest fan of, of a lot of RPGs and likewise for dungeon crawlers. So the ones that I do play do tend to have a twist on either of those genres. Um, and then it does appeal to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I, I just like how much is going on in this game. Like it's just, there's, 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 there's all the stuff to collect. There's all the, all the different suits are amazing. Like seeing how many different suits you can make up for what is essentially a stick is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's all. That's all on Dan. That's none. None of that's me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. Yeah, there's some really cool costumes, and I would love to see like this become like a thing. Like, uh, it, it's just if, to me, I look at it, and it just seems like it just seems like this is what the future of uh, of an IP like Pong should be. Like, just re- you know, when you look at how Pac-Man's evolved, and 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 how a lot of older IPs have evolved, um, it just really goes in line with that. Um, I like the emotiveness, I like all the costumes and stuff. Like it's 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 great. Um, 
and yeah, hope, hopefully, we, 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 you know, hopefully we'll see more of that sort of thing in the future. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, and, and as I say, people should go and check it out on, on, on Steam and whatnot. Please do go check it out. Uh, stuff like this deserves support. Um, and then also on 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 the uh, on on the Check It Ink Steam, another one you should definitely check out is the Now Is Alive bundle, which is like 130 or so of your games from the past, which is mad. I think it's 140 now because I oh did patch goodness. in a few extra. <laughs> oh my good. That is, uh, that's awesome. Like, because all, all the games I was mentioning earlier, the ones that I grew up with, um, genuinely really fun and inventive games, um, genuinely. Um, and yeah, just all in this bundle, which is uh, mad. Like, I think it's like seven pounds something at the moment for what you say is 140 odd games. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. One of the best things to come out of Natal is Alive, it's just sort of slightly curving off i guess a tiny bit um someone did a sort of twitch stream that was based on kind of really bad games but it was a really comical thing he he did nala's alive and um most of the sort of worst games i made are very kind of comical and silly and weird and Mm -hmm. things but i have one game in that pack that was sort of based on trans issues uh which was released a couple Mm -hmm. of years before it came out as trans and watching the stream he hit that game like a brick wall because <laughs> playing oh. all these silly things kind of like a sort of oh haha, this is hilarious that game has absolutely zero sense of humor it was released at a bad time and it just yeah it was <laughs> just absolute like almost cognitive dissonance when he hit it <laughs> wow it was, it was quite fun to watch actually <laughs> Well, did he? He took it well. Like he was just like, "Oh, this is." I wasn't. He took it well, but in, in a very sort of almost speechless way. I've, I've spoken to the guy since and sort of thanked him for the plays and like you know, it's it, <laughs> it's genuinely a really positive experience overall. But yeah, watching that and seeing it kind of like almost in real time was fantastic. <laughs> That's what's great about like small developers seeing people play their games. Um, it's always really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and I feel that. Obviously, not that I can speak to your experience, but I feel that that feedback is so vital because it's like an unbiased feedback as well. You get to see the actual, genuine, instant reactions of how people react to your games. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I live off Let's Plays of my games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that seems to be such a big thing on Itch. Like, I see in the comments um, on Itch, especially, like, lots of people will be like, here, I played your game. Here's the video. Yeah. Like, I, I have some danger as well now. Mm. Like, mm. You, you, it embeds the little videos of anyone that comments with a sort of video response oh that's pretty cool yeah but that's that's really fun because obviously the the, the s- mostly small youtubers are, that, that recover this sort of stuff but it's so great just to see their instant reactions to see to playing this game for the very first time um and that's that that must always be fun like as you say like you've got all these fun silly games and really interesting ideas and then you've got like this boom there's really deep <laughs> this really deep yeah. game it's a streamer <laughs> i love that um but yeah, that that bundle especially, um, that now is a live bundle. Um, anyone listening to this, like, go check it out. Like, it's seven pounds. It's a hundred and thirty odd games, and I mean this sincerely, especially if you don't really have any experience with like the freeware indie scene. Um, that is a really really good way of um, just seeing the variety of it and 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 the vastness of it and and the really interesting, unique and cool ideas that come with uh, small 
uh, freeware indie games. Um, yeah, go check that out because I would I would genuinely the the main problem I have in my life is that I have all this experience with this scene, um, deep love for this scene, and absolutely no one to speak to about any of it. No. Um, yeah. I have uh, Jupiter Hadley is a, is a close personal friend in, 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 in real life. And she grew up um, on like Tick Source and Itch and Game Show. And obviously does... Yeah, I've, I've seen her play a couple of my games. It's always good. Yeah, she does a lot of work in the in the, in the indie scene still. And that's great. Um, obviously, lockdown has happened. We used, to, we used to go and see a film every week together. Um, but lockdown has happened. So I'm <laughs> an, a, unable to see her. And have absolutely no one to talk to about um, these kind of indie games. And... Uh, yeah, you know, even even on my own Twitter and stuff, like I used to um, have a, uh, a thread of all the latest uh, sort of uh, freeware indie games that would come out, and I'd, I'd showcase them. I remember but, that, um, yeah. Yeah, I need to do that again. <laughs> but generally, um, like, I just I just end up not tweeting about it very much, which is sad, but it's just that not that many people want to, want to talk about it, and I want people to talk about it. Um, so people should go download this this game, I think, from Steam. Do it. <laughs> um another cool thing that you do at Checkered Ink is um are, are the fonts I think you recently hit a thousand fonts? Yep, Checkered Ink itself is on a thousand released fonts now. On, only in quote marks, eight hundred and forty nine of them are mine. Dan has done the other hundred and fifty. <laughs> only eight hundred <laughs> I can't yeah. even imagine being able to come up with that many different ways to write letters. <laughs> Oh, there's desperation. There's there's a lot of desperation in there. And if you look through the uh, names of some of the fonts, you can see the sort of slow descent into madness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um... Some of them make sense, but we got an email recently from someone complimenting us because they'd spent the last 10 minutes prior to writing the email just flat laughing at one of the font names. <laughs> and there is one very specific that. font... Yeah, there's one specific font that has a bunch of tweets as well from people at the time just hitting it and just immediately recoiling at the horror. That font was called Sex, <laughs> Drugs and Fidget Spinners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I need to see that now. I want to see what Sex, Drugs and Fidget Spinners looks it is, like. It's um, a fairly plain font in the grand scheme of things, but it's... Which makes it even better. If you go on Twitter and stick that in quotes in the search bar, you get so much stuff from like sort of mid twenty seventeen of people just again just kind of hitting that font like square in the head. <laughs> oh, another I see the font now. I like that. <laughs> another another one that got good responses was the Wild Breath of Zelda, which was based on the sort of or, you know it was inspired by the the Zelda Breath of the Wild font. Hmm. I like that. Um, yeah, it's it's such a cool it's such a cool thing because it's it's one of those things that not many people think about, but obviously people need to get fonts from somewhere. Um, yeah, I've seen your fonts like appear in the credits of video games and stuff before. Like I've I've seen them I've seen it on font. Credit, yeah, it, it was um, it was very weird because I, I remember clear as day the first time I ever saw any of my fonts in use, and it was a very small thing. And it's kind of weird that across the years, I'm now completely numb to just getting like sort of a WWE book or something and just opening it and being like, oh, there it is. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's do you, do, you, do you keep track of like where it's used? Or do you, I mean, it's just so ubiquitous. I have a cable. I have a bit of a sort of boast page or like a CV page or something on my website that has some of the major stuff. But for the most part, they, they are just ones that I've found um, I mean, there's there could well be hundreds of other ones that I've just not. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've just seen it. Uh, I, I, 
<laughs> live on this podcast. I want to go see that list now. Um, yeah, I feel like I've just personally seen it around. Like I just see it sometimes in credits and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, there, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a crazy thing. Um, I need to find this. I need to find this link now. I want to. I want to see the little list. Where is it? It's oh. just the about page on my website. <laughs> That's it. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. P- 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 Pokemon Detective Pikachu, of course. Yeah. That I mean that is a bit of a cheeky inclu- inclusion because the font is a tiny little sign that appears. It appears on the the poster of the movie, which is great. But in the actual film itself. The the only appearance I could find of it in the entire film was there's like a two second scene where the main character and Pikachu are running through an aisle or an alleyway, sorry, and there's just a sign there that says it and it's got it on. So it's in the film, but hey, it's there, it's in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this list is is my gosh, this list is is crazier than even I thought it would be. So just. (laughs) People should go check this out. People should go check this out on nowgames.com. But I'm going to read out some of them anyway. So, yeah, Pokemon Detective Pikachu movie. You've got Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mother Life. In that, it's um, in Bill and Ted Face the Music. It's um, it's the font for the Wild Stallions, who are the band, as far as I know. I've never seen the film, though. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Watch Dogs 1 and 2. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online. It doesn't really get bigger than that, really, does it? Um <laughs> NBA 2K, Fire Pro Wrestling World, Cosmic Star Heroine, Polybius, Alex Kidd, uh, Agents of Mayhem, The Swords of Dio, oh, Wonder Song. It, pro- it probably wasn't that that I saw him recently. Um, I should be. I should probably note at this point the Swords of the Swords of Ditto and Wonder Song aren't specific fonts. They are ones that I did work for. I did a little bit of font work for both of those. So, but yeah, it's a it's a that's a crazy list already, and as a, I'm sure you do completely miss out on a lot of them. Um, yeah. That it's incredible really isn't it it's it's such a strange how how is it so they're uploaded to like a um, to like a specific font website is that right is that yeah we works? we stick them on defont and font space defont is kind oh, of the, sure, okay. the major one for free fonts but then font space we normally do because unlike on defont on font space when you upload it it goes on straight immediately Defont has a bit of a wait time for when you get it uploaded, so we can't live tweet it. We'd have to wait until we get the confirmation it's on there. Right, right, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's one of those it's one of those things that I love where it's not something that people will usually have thought about, but is like important and like you'll see it everywhere. Um, another example is I like how the the the. The Zelda logo and the Final Fantasy logo and like the Naughty's Tomb Raider logo were all made by the same people, and <laughs> it's it's because it was like an outsourced like American company, <laughs> like that made the Zelda logo and the Final Fantasy logo, and it's like this weird story that people don't know about, and they're just like a they're just like an agency, and they made all of these ridiculously famous iconic gaming logos. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I, I love to hear the stories about that sort of thing. Like I love to hear about how did, how did that happen. I love to hear about how some like conquests happened. I love to hear about fonts. Like this, this stuff is genuinely really interesting to me. Yeah, I mean the, the yeah. sort of the, the story of me getting into fonts is kind of a weird one. And I I got a magazine in like two thousand and five that included the program that I still use today. I, I don't know why, but I have a habit of like the first program I ever use for something is just the one I always use for it. Um, <laughs> But that had a sort of a, a small kind of beginner's tutorial for font creator, 
it wasn't until about six years later when I was working at Yo-Yo Games that I needed an outlet for creativity that wasn't games because I was making them all the time at work. So mm. I went back to the fonts and and it was the download figures that made me stick with it because <laughs> I was so used to like on the Yo-Yo Games sandbox and on Game Jolt like seeing a hundred downloads on something and being holy that's really good lovely yeah. yeah and then you stick a font on the font and it just does like twenty thousand in a day and it's like what <laughs> that's mad yeah the download figure on like checkered ink total at the moment is absurd just on the font it's like it's a number i can't comprehend Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it, uh, there's absolutely no way that you'll know everything that it's in um, which is kind of incredible in itself. Like the, it's it, it must be it must be bloody everywhere. <laughs> it's kind of it, the thing that freaks me out the most is knowing that after I'm dead, people might still be using them. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to have this weird kind of like legacy almost. <laughs> yeah, which is which is cool though. Like that's 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 actually really cool that something that you've made is still like going to be used in in, in some fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, very, very strange. I need to also. I need to look through some of these fonts now because now that you've said some of the names about me, I need to look through and see the names <laughs> of a lot of these fonts. And then I also want to see what game it was in, and just know to myself that there was like a game called. There were like crazy font names in like this very serious game. That's what I want. I want that to happen. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I can't immediately source anything, but there probably are some. <laughs> there must be. Must be everywhere. That's really cool stuff. Like it's 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 as I say, like it's it's stuff like that that those untold stories that I find really interesting. Where it's stuff like the fonts that are made somewhere, or the logos that have been made somewhere, the stories behind those. Um, as I say, the story behind how on earth you made like a, a an Atari licensed game of Pong. Um, crazy stuff. When was even the last Pong game? When was the last Pong game before um... Pong Quest? There was, there was, there was one called Pong World, if I remember rightly. But the, I mean, the last major kind of boxed release was the PS One one, which was like the sort of three D. And I, I like that game. I remember liking that one a lot. Like again, they had little faces, but they were very different faces to our faces. But it was kind of, it was, it was almost more like Crash Bash in Pong form. Oh, you sold me. I love Crash <laughs> Bash. <laughs> Yeah, that's so crazy. I mean, it's so good to see stuff like that revived. Um, that's mad. Yeah, it really has. It just hasn't been. It's been years. I guess they just didn't know how to, to to sort of reinvent it because, you know, if you think of any classic arcade game, that one is like, I couldn't usually. I don't know how you came up with it really, but I couldn't conceive of how to modernize something like that. Um, <laughs> genuinely, like I can't con. Like if I was approached yeah. and it was like, here is here is a paddle and a and ball. How do we modernise this for like a new game? I'd be like, ah, 3D paddle and ball. I mean, um, one, of my, one of my other ideas with it was to try and take like the WarioWare format with Pong. But right. we ended up kind yeah. of... And, and Pong RPG actually started off as a sort of potential mini game in that. But, you know, we ended up going for just let's flesh out the RPG idea instead. Cool. That makes sense. Um yeah, I get. I, I guess the the, the WarioWare approach works as well, isn't it for for modernizing a like a franchise? But it's 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 yeah, it's it seems to me like such a difficult game to modernize. Um, but then I guess I would have thought that about Pac Man um, and stuff. But do you know a lot of those games, like other than Sonic and Mario, a lot of those old classic games just really haven't been reinvented well since, um, which is mad, really. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I think they've definitely benefited from the kind of the, like because there's a lot more diversion in or diversity, should I say, in um, how big a game can be now. It, it, even when the indie sort of boom started, you only really got things that were thrown into the indie category and the AAA category. And since yeah. then, there's there's been a massive smearing of that line. So, like, bigger companies will now do smaller things, and smaller companies will do bigger things sometimes. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it, really. Because ten years ago, it would have been obscene to, to think that Atari would have would have approached indie developers for a video game, but now that line just means nothing. Yeah, like the the, the the description of what an indie is is something that comes up so often that it, it's basically a moot point at this point. Like it's yeah. it's after that indie boom happened with Super Meat Boy and, and Braid and Minecraft and all that stuff. It's like Pac Man's a really sort of good yeah. example of it as well because like Pac Man in the sort of PS2 era was a fairly weak platformer because they were trying to make a, a full scale game out of a simple concept. It's only mm. that. They've now gone and done um, Championship Edition. That it's become a great game again because they've 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 put it at the right scale for what it needs to be to be a fun Pac-Man game. Yeah, yeah, and then even even stuff like Sonic Mania, where it's like okay, it's yes. like the highest rated Sonic game in twenty years because it's gone back to and, and find exactly what it is that works well, um, which is great. Um, yeah. Talking to Pac-Man, Pac-Man World on the PS1. That was pretty dang good, though. <laughs> that little 3D platform of Pac-Man World. I've never actually played them, I don't think. I, I've seen gameplay of, like, sort of the later PS2 ones. Probably, like, Pac-Man uh, World 3 or something. They were <laughs> strangely, really strangely decent games. But they, again, they implemented, like, elements of the original, even though it was a 3D platformer. Um, it implemented elements of the original still, so you would walk around, you know, you'd have yeah. the maze bits where you would pellets and, and ghosts. And I think that's a really good blend, like, um, and that goes through with Conquest still. Like, it's this really new idea with even new genres, but it, it blends in elements of the, of the classic IP still. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of, I think developers, I think publishers need to not be so scared about trying things with their IP. Um, there are a lot of old IP out there that are just laying dormant. And, and if they just open the door a bit to, to indie developers to toy about with and create these new cool ideas these with, with in different genres but blending in parts of the old IP. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think that would be splendid. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. It, 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 we, we, we need more. Basically, I just want indies to work on, on IP. Like, I'm always... <laughs> I'm always I'm always um, really vouching for licensed games as well because that's like a thing that just for some reason isn't a big deal anymore. I suppose it's probably because it's gone to mobile for the most part. Um, and when people do think of licensed properties, they tend to have a bad um, view on it, which is really strange, even though we've got like recent stuff, even like the Samurai uh, Jack game. Um, but yeah, I just like, I'm sitting here like properly vouching for companies like Outright Games that are making, like their whole shtick is exclusively like licensed video games. Um, they did like a Ben 10 game, they did an Adventure Time game, they did a Crayola game, and it's just like, I'm sitting here like, yeah, I, w- I, w- I want some cool licensed stuff. And um, I liked Crayola Scoot, actually. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played it, but I'm sure it's good. They're, they're a decent little developer, they really are. Um, they're, they're making some cool things. I mean, you can and, do a dab um, in it, so that's all you need, really. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's that. I need my crayon scooting game so I can do a dab. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah, I, if, if 
that's honestly like one of the main things I would like to see from publishers generally is for them to open the door a little bit more to indies. And Pong Quest is a really good sign. And I think Sonic Mania being, you know, developed by what was originally fan developers is a really good sign. I'd like to see them open the door a bit more to indies uh, to just toy about with stuff. Yeah. Um, as I say, things like Game Joe Itch, some of the most unique ideas you will ever see in any video game experience. And to have those people just playing about with, with, with an IP um, would but be serious. Amazing. Sam did it as well, as well, didn't they? Like, sort of in the in the up, in the the up uh, build-up to Sam, uh, Serious Sam 3, they let like, yes. Blambeer do a Serious Sam game, and it was really good. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's exactly the sort of thing I, that I want. I want more Conquest. I want more Serious Sam games. Um, some of the most creative people in, 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 in the industry are just sitting around on itch and publishers just go and message them yeah just just go on itch look at some cool games and go you know what we haven't been doing anything with this ip for a while do you want to make a little game um god i, I would love us so much i, I yeah, really would that'd be great wouldn't it? <laughs> and and capcom you know you haven't done anything with dino crisis in a while yeah how about picking up the people that made like a medieval or dusk or or some <laughs> low poly horror games go go and say hi to them please <laughs> I'd kill for an indie F zero. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, that's what confused me is F zero in, in particular. Like I recall Nintendo saying the reason they haven't made a new F zero is they just don't have any new ideas and they don't want to make a game just for the fun of it. They have no, they don't know where to take it from now. They don't want to do it. If that's the case, give it to an indie developer. Like just all, they, all you have to do with F Zero is remix all the great music and remix all the great levels and <laughs> fire some. Yeah, just let it be like an ultimate package. Yeah. yeah. Um but but even then, like look at look at cadence of uh look at cadence of Hyrule. Like I don't know how that happens. Yeah, that That's just a strength. <laughs> but um, you know, just look looking looking at something like that, like just give your IP to, to to more developers. I love love seeing what other developers do with, with IP and um yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, especially with Cadence of Hyrule, seeing the sort of mashup of two games as well. Because yeah. I mean, Zelda also got it with Hyrule Warriors about the same time. Of course, yeah, and that was that. That was equally good as well. Yeah, I think Nintendo um, have this approach recently where they like to see things that they can't do happen to their IP. So it's why they lent out Mario for Rabbids because like, okay, we have, we're never going to do a tactical RPG, so that covers that. And it, oh, it's Hyrule Warriors. That's like a hack and slash. We're never really going to do that, so that's covered. Um, I think yeah, like covering all the bases. It does seem like they're opening their hearts a little bit more to that kind of thing as well. Like Tetris, Tetris ninety nine is another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah, exactly. Um, and Tetris is a really good example of like an IP, and they've kind of always done this, which is good. But they're, they're an IP where they really just toy about with it, where they give it to lots of different people, and it's and it's pulled and poked at, and and. You know, I think but it was, works all the time. <laughs> yeah, but it always works. Within a year, we got Tetris Effect and we got um, uh, Tetris Ninety Nine, two very different takes on on on, on a classic IP. Um, I got to try Tetris Effect in VR for the first time this year, and yeah, oh my goodness, it's, that's good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, I'm not really very good at Tetris, which is a shame, um, <laughs> but I still appreciate the experience. Like, it's really cool to see these things be toyed and poked about with. Um, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll see Atari do that more. If you, I know it's obviously not something that you even perhaps approve to, but I would love to see Atari do more of that. Um, I really would, uh, especially with their console on the horizon. If 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 indeed they're working with other developers to renovate some more IP, that would be splendid. I would love that. Um, 
Cool, Alison, thank you so much for coming on. I will let you uh, uh, disappear into okay. the void now. <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, thanks for talking about your, your indie games and, and your fonts and conquests. It's been awesome. Do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Uh, yeah, um, checkered.inc. And checkered is spelt the British way, not the American way, with a Q. <laughs> um, or nowgames.com, or on Twitter, nowgames. Um, yeah, and <laughs> just generally checkered ink or nowgames, depending on where you find me. Awesome. And as I say, like, do check out Pongquest if you haven't already. Um, and if I'm going to recommend one other game, it's Now is Alive. Go and check that out. Like, that's that's such a cool bundle of so many different ideas. Um, and if you, you know, it's like Action 52, but a little bit better kind of thing. Like, if you're not going to like one game, you're going to like another one. Um, some really interesting ideas. I feel like it's cheating to say you're going to recommend one game and then recommend a pack of 140 games. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I'm going to recommend one game, it's going to be 131 games. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but yeah, sincerely, uh, anyone listening to this, please do go check them out. I would, uh, to be honest, I just want to be able to talk to people about them. So go go play some and then we can chat about them. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, perhaps in 40 years from now, we can come on and talk about how you've made 70,000 different fonts. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Right, thank you so much for coming on. We will catch everyone next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, thanks for listening. If you liked this podcast, you can support it, i.e. me, on www.patreon.com slash toadsanime. For just $1 or more a month, you will get a shout-out at the end of each podcast, which is coming up in a second. Or for $3 a month, you'll get access to four episodes early a month. That means you'll be getting each episode three days before public release. Ooh, aren't you special? Ooh, you. And obviously, every episode features a different guest from the video games industry, and it will help support me getting cool guests and making it feel like it's a really good use of my time. Let's pretend it is. So thank you so, so much to anyone and everyone that even looks at the Patreon for even a second. And thank you to Ryan Winter, Joe Sheedy, Gregory Kroll, Andy Robertson, Stephen Bolton, Lee Chapman, Gregory Phillips, Chris Wood, Corey Class, EMH Richard, Francisco Limus, Thomas and James Coop for backing me on Patreon so far. Thank you so, so much.